you and Oscar was, mm. uh, okay. uh, Shadi was talking about because mm-hmm. it's cultural no no. So so how does that you know how do those two play within? I would argue against it not being a cultural no. Yeah, okay. You understand what I'm saying? I would argue against it because I think as black men we traditionally have been we traditionally have been dealing with more than one woman. If you can't speak up a little bit more. Okay, I'm saying as black men, we traditionally have been dealing with more than one woman. We always have, you know, or the vast majority of us have been, I don't know who's been married before, right? Um, And we have children from a previous woman. We still have to maintain that relationship. No matter how much you want to say, oh, that's just my, you know, my ex-wife. If you have a child with that woman, you still have to maintain that relationship, right? Mm. So, you know, and as Mus- and as black men that were not Muslim, if you want to ask yourself and be real, were you dealing with more than one woman at a time? As a real question, you know, were you monogamous completely? So, but but someone can argue and say, well, yeah, some men were correct. Right. So then but what is, is so that their natural inclination if they have an option? As a man, you know, I think it goes back to the whole toxic masculinity. T- discussion are you being authentic with yourself like as a man what what are your needs are your needs defined by other men or are they defined by women mm-hmm. right so if you ask every single man if you could afford it got quiet downstairs as a man if you could afford it would you take another wife if your wife didn't have a problem with it would you take another wife you know, as a real question. You know, if you go around the room and ask every single man, would they do it? You know, what's Some the men might say no. Some men, but I'm saying, the men here, the, extra the, headache that it the comes, men here, go around and ask every single man, if you could afford another wife, would you? If your wife was okay with you having another wife, would you? We're asking? No. Yeah. Yep. Instantaneous. <laughs> okay, next. Okay, next. Next. Without question. <laughs> Would you? Would I if I could afford it? And if your wife was okay with it? And if she was okay with it. Yeah, I'd probably do. Okay, keep going around. I think I have to pass right now, bro. Yeah. You can't pass me, you gotta answer the question. No, I ain't talking about passing the question. I'll pass. Pass. We'll do it. He said no. Oh, okay. yeah. He passed the L too. Okay. Alright, I'll move up. Okay. Without question. Okay. I'm gonna have to say no. That yeah. you wouldn't? I would not, no. Because I'm just not good with being able to deal with, you know, multiple situations like that. I, I know myself. I can't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Me, yes, I would. I would probably lean towards no. Yeah. Okay. Young boy's not even married. He ain't got one yet. He's got one yet. He's got Bring it back to my the original right, question, right, right? Because I'm gonna play the, the the devil's advocate and argue on behalf of the sisters because that's where the question comes from, came from, right? Mm-hmm. So with you guys saying that, okay, it's a no no culturally to marry your boy's ex wife, mm-hmm. right? Okay, why isn't that same standard apply applied when it when it comes to polygyny? Because okay, for one, what you were saying is obviously true, but that's in Jehaliyah, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm sure all of our fathers and uncles, everybody went through that as far as like, you know, multiple women, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't in marriage, Mm -hmm. right? Which is not culturally for us to marry more than one woman, right? And so with that being the case, 
from the woman's point of view, okay, it's not something culturally that we do as far as African Americans. So why don't you apply that same st same standard as far as okay you say? But I'm gonna stay away from it because it's not cultural norm. I think the cultural norm question might be somewhat different depending on who you're talking to because born and raised as a Muslim, I grew up in a polygynous situation. I mean, I have an uncle who's always had four wives. My father's always had two wives. I have a younger brother who has two. So that that's that's I'm a part of that culture. We grew up in African American Islamic community, and everybody we knew had multiple wives. So the cultural norm for me might be different for somebody. Mm. Who so, but look at it from the cultural norm of the majority of African American but, Muslims in this country who are reverts, who to Islam, are we, you who, said who, who don't come from Islamic background. Well, and right? so, and my point in that would still be, you know, as a man, you know, if I, especially if I came, well, for one, having multiple wives outside of Islam is considered bigamous bigamy which is a crime right so what people did instead of committing crime they just took another woman right so a lot of cats you know especially I, I mean a lot of us came through Jahalil we seen our uncles and stepdads and dads and everything had more than one woman right and they it was like that's his that's his woman that's his peace you know what I mean and he took care of his peace like he took care of his woman and his peace couldn't mess with nobody else but him. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, that was his woman. Now, could he go around parading like he was married or whatever the case may be, you know? He couldn't do that. Okay, this is where Islam takes that, takes that shield off of that culturally we already been doing it. You know, culturally men have already been doing it. Okay, so Islamically, right? Why do you stay away from your boy's ex-wife? Because Islamically, there's no reason for you to. And I yeah, think because because marrying your marrying your you friends, wouldn't you wouldn't even do that. I you wouldn't want to ma marrying your friend's ex-wife is culturally wrong. It, it's Islamically wrong, number one, and I'll get to that. And, mm -hmm. and it's culturally wrong. Yeah, it's culturally right. wrong because just part of our culture, you just don't do that. There's a certain degree of loyalty that is expected of you as a man being in a friendship with another mm -hmm. man exactly. that in the event exactly. that me and my woman break up mm -hmm. you that she is you wow. you are forbidden no, to you, touch were you looking at her before right so that's the other thing it breaks trust right yeah. because it makes one think well were you eyeing her before you know, because it's hard to believe that we just broke up, and now you, now you know what I mean. And that is before, before you go to the Islamic part. That's a great because that that's actually a value system mm -hmm. in the African American and Latino community that Islam actually validates, supports, supports, that. supports that. Things are haram in Islam, not necessarily because they are haram, but because of. The, what it leads to the of the breaking down of relationships exactly. Exactly. Yep. like the impermissibility of a man marrying two biological sisters right. that is not haram simply because Allah wanted to make it haram when you look at why a man is not able to marry two biological sisters because you destroy the family unit and the family unit is more important than the man satisfying his desires with two biological sisters so the same concept would work in a cultural norm of marrying your best friend's ex-wife or your cousin or 
Well, no, the cousin is permissible. Well, it's permissible, but but that's not a cultural. It's it's not a cultural thing we do. So for to introduce that would be to disrupt the cultural norms of our society. But from an Islamic standpoint, it's not. It's not haram. haram. Culturally, it'll be frowned upon. It's like it is. And that was the point, even in 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 the Mardia show that we were talking about. There are things that are not haram, but are not culturally acceptable. You know what I mean. A man having more than one woman is 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 for men. It may not be for a woman, but for a man, it's culturally acceptable. You know, most men in here, uh, besides three, that, that that went around the room, besides three, said that. Well, we didn't get to us two, but you didn't well, get to ask that given. question. I'm for already us. right. You can't got to ask that question for us. You ain't gotta ask. You gotta ask that question for us. Can you answer? You said according to Islam, it backs up. The breakdown of the brotherhood. Anything that leads to the breaking down of the family unit, family structure, we already know automatically is haram. So while as a written rule it is not haram for a man to marry his friend's you know, ex-wife, while that's not a written rule, does it lead to, all right, because... In in the science of usul al-fiqh, the philosophy of fiqh, there's a principle, and that is that al-illa al-hukum al-illa. That the Islamic ruling follows the reason. So wherever you find the reason, the reason which is the the breakdown of the family unit, the Islamic ruling will follow wherever that reason finds itself. So. While it's not permissible to marry two women, and that's a written rule in the Islamic, you know, in Islamic text, marrying your best friend's ex-wife culturally is unacceptable. And if you did that, it would lead to the breakdown of relationships, families. It would break down, you know, just for example, me and Hassan is cool. I've been knowing him and Nayila for the past five years. I know their children. I know, God forbid, they separate. I marry her. I'm going to be looking at him like, nigga, what was up with you? Right. You Not know? only that, it, it also trickles down into the children. Because right. now the children are looking at me like, you yeah. snake. Right. How was you in our house? We invited you over right. to the house. You eating our you food. You eating our food. You know. And then you turn around and you marry my dad's ex-wife. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that breaks up families. According to yeah. this particular culture. Yes, it obviously yeah. didn't do it in Arab culture, culture because the Prophet Sallallahu married Fatima to Ali. They were second cousins. You know what I mean? That was, you know, uh, Ali, uh, Jafar, Ali's older brother. Jafar was married to um, Esma bin to Umais. When Jafar died, Esma married Abu Bakr. When Abu Bakr yeah. died, Esma married Jafar's brother, Ali bin Abi Talib. You understand? And so they, they only did that when the person was dead. Right. Yeah, because it was, it was seen as an honorable thing. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, that was. You understand question. what I'm saying? In death, would it be like my best friend, and you know we were close. He dies, and I marry his wife. Now, how would that be? That's a different. Not that I would, but I'm just. That's saying. a different perspective. I mean, but that's a different. But, but, but that, that's but kind of a different brothers, makeup. Some brothers would will tell their best friends, "Listen, I, anything happened to me, yo." I actually no, bro, know. I, I actually know, know many situations where that has happened. You know what I mean? I know many situations where that has happened. 
But um, divorce is different than death. Right, because yeah. the person is still alive. The person is still alive. You know what I mean? And an emotional connection. Right. And even after death, like I'll give you an example. Like, even in Jahiliya, when I was a, I was a non-Muslim, there was a friend of mine. He's a distant cousin, but he was a friend of mine. Ran the streets with me, and uh, you know he, you know, had this particular girlfriend. And, you know, we all went to high school together, whatever the case may be. And everybody knew that they were a couple. So he got murdered. He was murdered by the police. And um, after, you know, he was murdered, um, it was came around like prom time. Like he got murdered like in like the wintertime, like December. And then prom time came around like around May. And um, she wanted to go to the prom. So everybody kept like pushing me like, yo, take it to the prom and I'm like nah that's that's out to reeks girl man that's my man I'm not I'm not doing that I ain't touching that you know what I'm saying like no and he was he was already gone but I just couldn't handle the weight you know cause in the right. hood the hood talk the hood right. gonna convict you of a whole bunch of stuff, stuff. Right. not to mention you know me you know what I mean how I look and everything that I carry with me we're gonna get we're gonna get you in and out of there. You know, the hood don't like pretty boys. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna get you in and out of there quick. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'm I didn't want that. I didn't want that conviction. So I was like, no, I'm not touching it. You know what I mean? So my man took her to the prom and he started dating her. And then another friend that we were cool with started dating her and he actually ended up killing her. And he's he's in Trenton State Prison right now serving life for murdering her. You know what I'm saying? So in my mind, I play around with the idea like, damn, maybe if I would have just wifed her, maybe if I would have, you know, that wouldn't happen. But I wasn't going to do that. At that moment, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to take on that because that comes with a responsibility. Going after your man, your dead man's girlfriend, that comes with a, a huge responsibility in the hood because everybody going to be like, well. But if so, everybody so, was pushing you to it, why would they make it a big deal after you did it? Because okay. the hood loves a show. Okay, exactly. It, it, it loves yeah, drama. I mean, the hood loves a show. It loves drama. So we'll we'll say, go ahead and do it, and then we'll sit back and watch it. So let's see how this play out. That's kind of snake, man. You understand? That's crazy. See how that joint play out. Yeah, absolutely. And I was smart enough to know, like, I'm not putting myself in that situation. My question is, in the Quran, it talks about you know multiple wives and things like that. My question to you is, is if the person or the man becomes capable, or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, you have to, if you can't be just, if he, if he is understanding that he, he understands that he can be just, but still doesn't take on a second wife, because it's in the Quran, what, can that affect, can that, can that be it affected on him because he could have done something about it? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, I don't understand. So, like, Meaning he has the ability to take a second wife and he chooses not to? Yeah. Would he be sinful for doing that? That's what I was asking, yeah. Hmm. I, 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 th- I think it would depend on the society. If you're living, if we're living in an environment where the female to male ratio is just simply re- astronomical, it might come a time where it's wajib for men to take on multiple wives. In Saudi Arabia, right, right as I was graduating, one of one of my very dear sheikhs, uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Rohaili. I don't know if you guys have heard of him before. All right, he um, he was already married. He's a Saudi. He was already married to a Saudi, but he was taking on another wife. All right, and you know, 
lot of the students went to you know his his nikah. However, um, in having a conversation with him one day, he explained to us that his second wife, you know, um, he could marry a second wife outside of Saudi Arabia, but his first wife had to be a Saudi, right? Because the female to male ratio in Saudi Arabia is just astronomical. You know, it might be 10 women. You know, every household has at least three to four girls in the household. Saudi men have a lot of girls. And that's ironic because our culture was premised on having heirs. You know, they wanted boys, male children. They used to bury their girls alive. And the irony in that is that in today's society in Saudi Arabia, every household has at least three or four girls in the home. So that means that the female to male ratio is just astronomical. So what Saudi Arabia did was they implemented a law that if a Saudi wanted to take on multiple wives, he had to at least, one of his wives had to at least be a Saudi. Because if you're marrying multiple women outside of Saudi culture, then what does that do for the women in Saudi? That leaves a, a whole deficit. That right, needs a deficit. I went to the, I moved to the UAE, and this is what I found just like amazing. In the UAE, they were actually giving uh, incentives for Emiratis to marry Emiratis because their the female to male ratio was ridiculous. And Emiratis, unlike Saudis, they marry outside of their culture. I was mind blown because that's not normal for Saudis. Emiratis, we walking in the mall, I seen an Emirati with, you know, with the uh, um, Indonesian and they are usually the maid. And I'm just like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, that, I was like, that, oh that, my that, gosh. That's considerably a problem because I see that across all cultural borders. So let me finish. So what the UAE did was they started giving incentives for Emiratis to marry multiple wives. So if you marry multiple women, they would actually give you a stipend, a monthly stipend to help you manage and maintain your second wife. Because as a society, they see that this has the potential to be a problem. Cultural. Cultural problems. Meanwhile, we're sitting here in America when you got all these feminist women, Muslim women running around condemning men and women for going into polygyny when the female to male ratio in the African-American Muslim community alone is astronomical. So if we said, for example, my wife actually wrote a, a paper on this, her one of her theses before she graduated. If you said, for example, there is 50 women to every one man. So I don't exaggerate too much. Let's say 10 women in the African-American Muslim community to every one man. And I might not even be exaggerating with that. That means that if every one man married one woman, that would still leave nine women that would not have marriage as an option. And it seems like we are okay with that. <laughs> because when a man decides to take multiple wives will condemn him and the women. The women are stupid for doing it and the men can't afford it. You can't even handle monogamy and all of the other arguments that they come up with. It's like, okay, well, so what are we supposed to do? Do we just take one woman and suffice ourselves with that and then leave the other nine there to fall by the wayside because what ends up happening with the nine women? Some of them cheat with other married men. That's, that's the other thing that the feminist women don't understand. Or they're out here getting a 
or they, they, they're becoming jump-offs, mistresses, because they're desperate, and that's exactly what's happening. Or they start to mess with non-Muslim men, which is exactly what's happening. happening. Mm-hmm. Or they become gay, they find companionship yeah, with other no women, women, which is exactly which what's, is happening. what's happening. So we are becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy simply because of our hatred for polygyny. So we would rather go down with the boat than to deal with the small cracks and you know patch it up and at least we stay afloat. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing and it just shows that as a people, as African-Americans, we are still behind the eight ball in terms of social development you understand what I'm saying? Social refinement, reform, we are so far behind the eight ball because we would rather uphold this facade of one man, one woman, and this is the honorable thing to do rather than looking at assessing our situation and not really giving a damn what any, what any other culture is doing because believe it or not, many Arabs don't necessarily practice polygyny, but that's not because they don't want to. It's because they are afraid to. Egyptians, forget about it. They're not, they're not into polygyny like that. Egyptian women are extremely jealous. But ask any Egyptian man if he could have multiple wives and I guarantee you they would say yes. But why are you so scared? I understand, like, I wish that I had better understanding as, as a younger person of, of the understanding of polygyny and things like that because I've been wanting to pursue it for a long time and I talk to a lot of people that's been polygynous and they'll tell me, you can't do it. I couldn't do it, so you can't do it. But I'm like, I've seen you, you you went eight years with marrying your best friend or something like that. But yeah, you telling me I can't do it. You're not gonna be able to do it and things like that. And I'm like, but I'm not gonna do it the way you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just like I don't see I don't see what the big deal is. You know what I'm I don't see what the problem is. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't see why men can't be men. You know what I'm saying? Stop being so No, I, yeah, I, I agree with you as far as you know that because I think that it is, for some men, it is a confinement. Monogamy is a confinement. You know, so I agree with you on that. But like we did the exercise yesterday, you know, I can understand also, you know, how it is a very difficult discussion for, you know, a woman. You know, because let's just be honest, as men, you know, we can divorce and be married in a week. You know, might not be to the same quality of woman as the wife that we have. Might be a better quality of woman than the wife that we have. Because there's multiple marriageable women that are out there, right? But women feel the, the, the pain and struggle of there might be men, but they're not husbands, mm-hmm. you know? So that, so that wow. when, you, when you bring this up, you know, the first thing that a woman's going to do, because, you know, we might want our rights. Women's first thing is security. You know, when mm-hmm. you bring this up, they're going to be like, well, I'm... Where does this leave me? Where does this leave me? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, at the same time, like my brother, love him to death, he's going through a divorce right now because of this same topic, you know, and he's, what a lot of women don't recognize, again, is that men aren't necessarily looking at, oh man, I can sleep with two women at the same time. You know, there are, some of them, some of them are, without a doubt, but that's not every man that's looking at, at this situation. You know, some people, and this kind of goes to the conversation that you all had yesterday, can you save, does marriage save a person? Mm-hmm. So like in my brother's situation, you know, um, this woman's uh, 
husband passed away, six children, you know, so he's like, I want to help. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a noble thing, but his wife of 21 years, you know, wasn't feeling it. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, and he told me flat out, you know, he's always made the conscious decision, but his manhood could not, could not get him to say, because he was telling me that she said, just promise me that this will never come up again. And he's like, his manhood could not get him to say, I promise you that. You know what I'm saying? Because for a lot of people, monogamy is a confining situation, you know? And in this culture where people are, you know, uh, I think, and I've seen it. You know, it can, it so can drive, it can so drive men mad not being able to express what they feel as their manhood. It does drive them crazy. And if you look at the statistics on porn, right? Porn is huge in the Arab in the Arab world. They're like mm-hmm. the highest, highest yes, searchers of pornography. Yeah. Right? So that tells you right there that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? There's something wrong because yes, Egyptian women may be um, very jealous. They may be, you know, Arab women may say no, no, no. But there is something that is lacking in those men that is causing them to search for alternative mm-hmm. avenues of whatever gratification that they're looking for. Yeah. I right? mean, I see it just driving, you know, well, I drive Uber and Lyft, so I pick up a lot of people. And you can actually see it on the men. It's like the energy that gives off, like just being with one woman. I noticed that it. But just them being with one woman for a long time and hearing all of this stuff, and you just see like you see like the kind of like it's not balanced. It's like an imbalance what comes when it comes to all cultures and things like that. And then I was looking at like I, I have a personal friend, um, not he's not really a friend, but I know an individual where he has nine children by nine different women. You see what I'm saying? And you see that across all of African Americans. They have multiple children by multiple women. You know what I'm saying? They just it's, which means it causes bad structure because, like now this guy he's on child support and he has to his paycheck is finished every single week because he's paying six 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 six, six all across the board. You know what I'm saying? So that's crazy. That causes so many problems. So to eliminate polygyny, oh, it's looked at so bad. Like even housewives, for instance, that word is like like somebody desiccating in a toilet. You know what I'm saying? Because there's not no value to it. So like polygyny is the same word like, oh, what are you talking about? You know, you can't even have a conversation. So it shows a big problem, you know what I'm saying? Us not having that practice or putting that into play or this it's causing a lot of problems. Because these women, like he said, the women is going out sleeping with other men. The women is going out becoming this. The women is causing a lot of stuff because these women want to be married. Well, yeah, well, so they want to have companionship. But, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I want to bring it back to the question of, and I think the question is important um, because here's what happens. My belief doesn't make me right or wrong. My belief, when someone says, you know, they're looking at it from a cultural, something that's done, not done cultural. And, you know, a lot of the sisters made this point of even saying last night how they had to get themselves prepared in case a cat get ready to leave them. And they had to get themselves set up so they won't be, you know, out or messed up when the dude leaves or whatever the case may be. 
that's that's part of the cultural reality too right so what happens is you know a lot of times and we you know we move in situations to you know to islamic norms or what what we want to call it islamic norms but even in the whole aspect of having multiple women you're going to be people men are doing it even if they're not sleeping with them they have an emotional relationship you know they're having some they're bonded and it doesn't necessarily even mean that the wife that they have she, they got a problem with her. You see what I'm saying? He just, you know, it's just a thing, a situation where he has made a connection with another woman, right? That's okay. I mean, because that happens. When I say it's okay, meaning he needs to do that in a way that's going to be proper so as to not disturb or change what is supposed to be right the responsibility and accountability of a relationship so when I sit there and say my dad you know I'm gonna be I'm, I keep it real I'm a product of an outside woman you see what I'm saying so my whole I, my whole existence come about because I'm I'm the child of a outside woman you know so when we look at the situation that men a, a portion of men, I ain't gonna say every man because that would be wrong, but a portion of men are doing it. And, you know, there are those who are doing it, there are those who are thinking about doing it, there's those who would love to do it, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and then there's those who don't want it at all, right? I ain't even talking about polygyny, I'm just talking about a woman, right? right? And so, if now, if you sit there and say, okay, how do we now ring this in to give it structure? That's when Islam comes into a situation for us, for the Muslim, because real talk, other people, other people in other in our culture, African American culture, they are practicing polygyny too. Don't get this twisted, and you got them who are saying, okay. They can't go to court and get paperwork for each one of them, but they have in a contract mm-hmm. that's saying, this is my wife, I'm her husband, I'm responsible for her, and whatever the case may be, I'm responsible for her, and I'm responsible for her, and whatever the case may be. They can't go down to a courthouse and get paperwork like that. But, hell, we don't even have us don't even do it either. Right, we go to the masjid. We sit there. I mean, for us, even well, Shadid right here, brother, sister downstairs, they want to get married. They don't went through a good process. You know, we know how they do. Shoot, two witnesses. He said he got a diary. There's an offer been given, and it's acceptance of the offer. Shoot, let's get it done. Right, ain't nobody went to nobody courthouse nowhere. Right, so in that, if we p- apply the structure to it that it's supposed to be, then we move the situation to the cultural norm. And you, you even have um, non-Muslims like uh, this guy D-Ray Davis, mm-hmm. the comedian dude. Mm-hmm. This dude lives with both of his girlfriends. He came on, go watch the Breakfast Club interview that he did. 
he he lives with both of his girlfriends. And, you know, as they're interviewing him on the, on the Breakfast Club, Charlemagne is, like, blown away. Like, damn, there's women that actually accept that. He's like, yeah. As you said, I just told them, you know, that this is this is what it is. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the... Um, um, what's the um, movie they filmed in Atlanta just came out, like, last year? Uh, Superfly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In that movie, he yeah. has two he girlfriends. Two, he had yeah. in, in the house. Really. You understand what I'm saying? Living mm-hmm. with both of them. Now you know they was a little bit more. I mean, obviously right. they throw a little. You know, they gotta throw a little Some sugar and spice yeah, on it. And, you know, they gotta to right, right. They gotta embellish it a little bit more. Right. But if you can see the culture of man having multiple women, even in the movie Barbershop, the latest one when Nicki Minaj was in there, she. Went right. to the house of Eve and she was like, you know, if y'all ever need, you know, an extra and common was like, I mean, like, come on, yeah. like, let's let's consider that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the, the culture of a man having multiple women, even amongst non-Muslims, there's actually a whole Facebook group. I removed mm-hmm. myself from the group, but there's an entire Facebook group of non-Muslims that are into polygamy. It's a few of them. You know what I mean? I was literally reading like some of the comments and the girls was like, you know. I go out and find, you know, she said, you know, but for them, it's more like a business. You know, they look at it from a business perspective. Like, all right, what are you bringing to the table? You know what I mean? We are already built an empire. You know, you either going to add to that or you're not going to be a part of this at all. And and that's how it should be, even in the Muslim community. Part of the problem with a lot of Muslim men with polygyny is that they marry liabilities and not assets. Assets. So if you're married to your wife, you work, she work, y'all have this nice house that you're living, your children, and then you're going to go take a second wife who's a young girl in her mid-20s, working at Walmart, working at Staples, working at Target, you know what I mean, got two kids from two different babies, like, you, right. you're, a li- you're bringing in somebody who's a liability, because she, in many instances, sees your stability as a threat to her liberty. You know what I mean? They don't want to come into a situation where they got to be stable and they got to establish rules and family values and things like that. They're not looking for that. They're looking to be with you. (laughs) And they'll accept you because you have another wife and family, but they don't want to be a part of that. They don't want the whole polygynous experience. They just want to be with you. And sometimes our wives are telling us, like, nah, that's not a good look. And we condemn them right. as being haters of polygyny. When, in right. fact, she's looking at this woman like, first of all, she is out of our league. If you're going to marry, marry up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Marry up. Don't marry down. Like, we got to gotta go down to accommodate this woman. And we work so hard to get where we are. Like, if you're going to marry in polygyny, marry up. You got another cookie, didn't you? You know, he got a whole bunch stash. Man. Yeah. He got no, a stash. I, did, I think I you part. and your wife, because your wife cooked the cookies. If, if I did, I would have brought them all out here. Mashallah, mashallah. There's a part of me that's like on the ropes with that. Now, how you know it was a cookie? It might be a brownie. I don't know, man. And he wants more cookies. I got a question, Shake, about that, what you said. Now, this is not saying that, but. What about you said? Cause Mary up, right? So what about the um the other sisters? 
that may actually need help or they may need assistance and they may need to be taken care of and things like that. What about that group of assistants? But not not at the expense of what you've already built. I understand that part. You you it's not worth risking. It's not. Right. It's not no man that has been married ten years and above or more that has a home, has children, has an established family unit will tell you that that is worth. If they do that, they're they're foolish. I'm just just my, my because it would make no sense for you to risk all of what you work for for somebody no. who, you know what I mean? So no. I, I want you to answer this saying for me because I grew up in such a tyrannical community. I've already said that before. Um. When it comes to like marrying women and things like that, I lost it, but um, I don't got it no more. It's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. on the other side of it, from the different perspective of the woman, like Chief uh, was saying, it's about I think that the reason that so many women are so vehemently against it is because they're not feeling truly secure in their own relationship. Exactly. So mm, exactly. Talk. Exactly. Say that again. Exactly. <laughs> Say that again. Exactly. You know, so if women are not feeling fully secure in their own relationship, their husband is not giving them their rights, or their husband is like, you know, always borrowing twenty dollars from them. The husband is not being communicating, or the husband is being distant, and they're feeling insecure. Then of course, the woman's going to be like, you or know, sexually satisfied, or sexually satisfied. There you go. You know, so, you know, so I think that at the very beginning, like for me, at the very beginning, this is what I'm establishing. I'm establishing this pattern, right? Making sure everything is satisfied, taking care of every single thing, every single thing. So when that time comes, if it does come, it may never come, right? But if it does come, that is already established. My ground has already been laid, right? So there's no complaints of, you know, you're not taking care of this, you're not taking care of that. How are you going to go take care of some other woman? And my needs aren't even being met. Honestly, it's not fair. I don't think it's fair at all for well, a man to take I mean, even the bride tells you that. Yeah. Well, 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 saying, here, you know, well, here's the thing, though. You know, I don't want to get caught with the moving goalposts either. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was all well and good until you decide to do this and everything. It's just raggedy. Yeah, we're okay doing fifty-fifty until right until to use to somebody else talking about they won't do fifty-fifty with you. Then all uh, you ain't doing, you ain't taking care of my needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, and that's just a situation where you know sometimes because there is an emotional situation. So I, I want to be, I want to be, um, I don't want to be dismissive or negate that aspect for women. There, there is a a, a situation where. They they have some emotional draws. I mean, even in even in this, the the you know, even in this conversation, there's we understand there's an emotional draw here. It's a logical one, you know. I, I think that's a real question that was asked. You see what I'm saying? That really needs a real answer to it. Uh, I think we try to give some of it today with our limited capacity, I guess. But that's a real question. But a lot of a lot of sisters have a deeper, or a more visible emotional thing, and then we, we, men, aren't doing it right. Mm-hmm. That's very sad. 
You see what I'm saying? When you say gender so, right, you mean the polygyny thing? Or? No, it's not even just polygyny. Just, just, just being, just, just, just being, being cultivators of our home. Can, can I ask this? Because I haven't heard anybody say it. The, the effects or the powerful influence of the Western uh, Western culture and thought. And even with us, some of us being uh, direct descendants of slaves mm -hmm. and with what our people went through mm -hmm. and uh, what the women saw us going through, what we saw our women going through, the things that were done to us and the fact that uh, we were kind of, that our women were, were showed that we couldn't support them. You know, if we didn't believe in ourselves after a while until uh, religions like Islam came into being and we, you know, there's some I think the fact that our, the fact that our women are opposed to it has a lot to do with that Western, that Western thought or, or the way things are normal. Just, just take for instance somebody like John F. Kennedy. He said he had a, a, a bunch of women and it was okay. You know what I mean? But he didn't have any responsibilities toward the women, toward those women. And that's what he wanted to do with them. You know, make with side pieces. Now you have polygyny, this institution where you're actually responsible for another woman. She's not just a plaything. You know, we have to continue to defend that um, with our women and with those that are outside that are hypocrites. Because they just, they think it's okay to have a bunch of women and it's okay. You know what I mean? So. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the, I think that's the stud factor that's been played into us though. To, you know, the conquest and conquering of, you know, and not having the responsibility. I, I think, you know, that that was really kind of more of the breakdown, continuing to break down the structure of um of within our community. Um but if I if I kept it at if I keep it at the aspect of polygyny, I mean not even just polygyny, just men and women relationships. Islam was supposed to help correct us on some things. It is not going to be a situation where it's going to take away cultural situations. It's supposed to correct those cultural things that we naturally had going that may have contradicted sooner but may be right. Again, there's nothing wrong with a man having more than one woman. The, the wrong in it is when he do it wrong. Right. There's nothing. So that's why it's so easy for men to do. You know, it's so easy for a man to get caught up with another woman or whatever the case may be, because there's nothing wrong with it. It's just now we do it wrong. We teach him. We teach him people. And, you know, and then popular culture saying, you know, sling it and get it and hit it and, right. and all this old type of stuff here. But we now. You know, I don't necessarily say woke, but we now trying to do the right thing. I don't necessarily say being woke, but trying to do the right thing. We have to introduce the correction into, and I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. I'm not sitting there saying polygyny is easy. I, I'm quick to tell somebody, but I would rather deal with a headache or two than oppression of one. Anything, you know, anything. Woo. You know, that but that's me, you see what I'm saying. But the, the headache, headache of two, two the impression of one. Because okay. I think for Express a man, that. An, a man that wants polygyny, you know, for his 
for his first wife to say absolutely not. I mean, it, I think it is. That's oppressive. oppressive. That's oppressive. That's oppressive. That's oppressive. And but now having more than one, cause having one is a headache. Yes, it is. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> now, <laughs> so having I'm one is a headache. Man, listen, man. You know hey, what I mean? You know, having <laughs> one is a headache. But but I would rather deal with the headache of the two, simply because I still get a benefit that allows me to be express myself versus somebody putting a cap on me and then here I am all bottled up and all you know no I'm, I'm not finna do that I'm not finna do okay, that so part of the issue man I think is in the African American community we seem to be the only ones placating you know what I mean like nobody else has to, has to defend this position and I, I don't do it That's I mean I, I've point. had sisters talk I've been in situations where I'm talking to sisters because my father is interested in polygamy they Oh, they, I'm not having that conversation. Well, I'm, but I'm going to tell, I'm gonna tell, tell you why that conversation, though, is more prevalent in our community than probably any other community. The financial structure of our community is also wopsided. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? You know, um, I know uh, I had a professor. He used to always say, he who has the money wins. Right. I think you said something about Umar. Mm-hmm. You know, the hadith where the narration of Umar talking about a man needs wealth. He needs some money. When you are in a situation, and for most of you brothers, I'm going to be honest with you, most of you brothers sitting here, you know, even though you women work, y'all take care of your business. Right. Y'all, y'all here. You take care of your business. But everybody in here, women now, in their own right, get paper and been getting paper. You see what I'm saying? And so they have seen where their paper has made them a little bit more socially independent. The way they say independence is supposed to go. Not how independent Islam says. And I'm gonna be honest with you, it's easy to get caught with that. You know, it's easy to get caught with that. Then you have things like the feminist movement taking place out there, you know. And then you have you have situations like, you know, they seeing all these power women going around. Then you hear those statements of, you know, strong black woman. And when you hear all this and then you got them raising their kids and sending them to school and doing everything, you know, you got them, I can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. You know, you got all these, you got all these words that continues to, I won't say empower, but it infuses them. So it's like a brother told me one time, if you walk into a coal mine, will you still get smut on you? They can't help but get it on them. So they can't help but walk out of it and walk to you with that whole mindset of, you know, I can do bad by my damn self. And you ain't gonna do, and I ain't gonna accept, and I'm and then, and this, and then that. And man, I'm gonna sit there, man, and I know I'm ultra man. And I'm gonna sit there and have a woman trying to, my woman trying to bully me. And I'm looking at like, you talking to me? You know, killer by nature. And you talking to me? You see what I'm saying? Because they have been emboldened. Mm-hmm. 
with that. So yeah, I can see how I can see how men are getting ran off of the whole aspect of you know I wouldn't take that I wouldn't take that if in my even oh man I can see how they get I can see how they get ran off of that you know and then here we go okay I'm just saying you guys here aren't the crazy dudes who just ain't giving a damn about nothing. Y'all at least have some sensitivities where some of you actually be willing to negotiate with your wife. Well, what, what's going to end up happening is that, um, especially from the African-Americans, more and more African-American Muslim women, uh, because of this deficit, are going to start leaning more towards the feminist, gay, lesbian, you know, because by default, that's where else are they going to get pleasure from? Yeah. Where they going to be validated? Where they going to get you know validated from? Or they're going to get with with non-Muslims? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, the the non-Muslim thing, uh, it's an option, only because they haven't reached a point where they actually just look at men in disdain altogether. Altogether, there's still some level of desire for the opposite sex. But once a woman gets to that point and she knows that she can find pleasure in another woman, and the Prophet Sallallahu prophesied that. He said there will come a time where men will have pleasure with other men and women will have pleasure with other men, uh, other women. You know what I mean? The same sex. And that's where we are now. Um, and then where does that leave the African-American men who desire more than one wife? So what what will end up? What'll Crazy. end up happening is they'll begin marrying outside their culture. Absolutely. Oh, They'll begin marrying outside, which is what they are doing. And then hoping maybe that their uh, the, the non-Muslim that they marry eventually becomes Muslim. I guess that hope will be there down the line. But the thing guaranteed. is, is that, but the thing is, is that our women or women from uh, uh, non-black women. Um, they're they're are they're being they're being molded exactly with the same mindset. So you're thinking you're gonna go marry a a sister from Maghrib, a sister from Egypt, your sister from you know, and and only to realize that they've already been prepped with the same mental you know with the same thing. They've already I mean, been poisoned. I mean, they, they already catch that thing over their phone. Hell yeah, they've already you know been I mean? poisoned. So you're thinking, okay, she comes from a Muslim family, Muslim country. But understand, those Muslim countries have a Eurocentric worldview. Mm-hmm. Number two, they also are secular. They're not conservative societies. You know what I'm saying? They are more secular society than they are right. conservative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, so then where does that lead? That leads to mistress. Either men going to have a wife and have multiple mistresses or they're not going to be married at all, and they're just going to go full out with the Xena. You know what I'm saying? And it, and the sad thing about it is that we don't have a unified effort amongst Muslim leaders to begin pushing the African-American Muslim community, pushing the African-American Muslim agenda. Because we should have an agenda that serves our needs. And I have been advocating for this for the longest, but... The at the higher up you go amongst African American Muslim leadership, the more fragmented and separated and disunited you can get. 
you know, you, I mean, from the doctors to the students of knowledge to you name it, there is no unified agenda that serves the, perp the, serves the needs of the African-American Muslim communities. And you see the results of that in the street. There you go. You see it in the massage. Definitely. They don't have agendas. They don't, there's no agenda. <laughs> there's no reform. There's no social reform. There's, there's no, no community reform. Right. Nothing. And we hate on one another. We have a culture of hate. Yes, we do. A culture of individualism. So, for example, me trying to break into this mold. You, you come in from the Salafi community. And unfortunately, I have been just kind of like, um, what do they say, typecast. Mm-hmm. You know how an actor plays a role and he's so good at that role that he can't get another role other than that role that he just played. Every other role that he gets will have to be along those lines because people cannot imagine him in another role other than that. Mm -hmm. So for people like me, and I'm one of the, 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 the pioneers, the, the few who came from deep within the Salafi community trying to integrate into the general Muslim community. Mm -hmm. You know, because we were kind of isolated from the general Muslim community. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to Ikna events and Isna events, and we, we didn't do that. You know, we stayed within our little Salafi bubble. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? No matter what state we went to, what city we went to, we always found the Salafi right. masjid, and that's where we went. That's totally sidestepping side the general mm -hmm. masses of the Muslim community. Mm -hmm. So once you break out of that and you begin to now, you know, broaden you know, the, the framework of your lectures to be accommodating to the general masses of the Muslims and you're trying to integrate into the general Muslim community. Addressing. Right. Right. Then you have the leaders in the general Muslim community that will not accept you. Right. To them, you will always be a troublemaking Salafi who deserves to stay exactly where you are. We're not embracing you. We're not welcoming you. We don't share a platform with real talk. Mm-hmm. Real talk, I'm telling you, and they don't even respect you. They don't even see you. You, you could, I could have a, I could have a PhD. I could have been had my PhD. I, that's by choice. I chose not to, but you could, I could have a PhD right now, and and it wouldn't matter because they don't see you as an equal to them. To them, you will always be some snot nose Salafi hood nigger. And you should stay exactly where, where you, you are. are. As far as the general masses of the Muslims, we run this. You know what I mean? And we're not letting you in. And there's some people who are gatekeepers who have the keys to open doors to let you in. They won't. They won't. You know, and it's, 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 a, it's a real sad situation, man. Because for people on the ground, they're looking like, well... Why we got you, you got your Sherman Jackson over here, you got your Dr. Tar here, Wyatt over here, you got you know Mufti Munir over here, you got the, all these great minds. What is stopping these brothers and sisters from you know uniting, you know, making creating an agenda for the Muslim African American Muslim community and begin pushing that from you know from from up top to down yeah. to the bottom? Mm -hmm. Why can't they just you know? For us, it seems very simplistic. But then when you get into the politics of it, you realize that ain't going to never happen. Well, I don't foresee that ever happening. And I think that goes back to what you were talking about as far as we, as men, as a society, we don't have our money right. If we had our money right, your money opens doors. Yes, it does. You know, 
Well, I, I, I ain't gonna say we're gonna have our agree. money right. We gotta agree I, to I, put our money together. Right. I, I think we're, talk I, about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't think we have about it. Even if we had the money, that's key right there. Do we even agree? Do we even trust each other enough to put our money together? I'm looking at my communities. I'm looking at. You know, and I grew up in Germantown in Philly. Mm. You have the Germantown Masjid. You have Masjid of the Law. You have Sister Claire Muhammad. You have all these different Masjids. I grew up with a lot of the guys from Germantown Masjid, and we clash all the time. I don't even feel comfortable sometimes making salat there because of, you know, now they they know it all. And they're, they have uh, the Salafi community. They have separated themselves. From the rest of the whole Islamic community, just in Philly, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mm-hmm. see it on a lower level. I can't even imagine, you know, at the higher mm-hmm. levels. Then you have, have the elders. The elders they don't want to hear nothing from the, the young bucks who have even got right. schooling. Yeah. Right. They don't want to. They don't want to. Nothing. Nothing. So, Literally, I I I was I was uh, selected to give the United Eid khutbah in Philly. Uh, what was that, 2010, 2011? Yeah, it was a United E. And um, you had you can't imagine how many imams was working behind the scenes to make sure that that didn't happen. The only one of the main reasons why I still went ahead and gave it is because Imam Awesome pulled the trigger and was like, I don't give a damn what y'all say. He'd give him the khutbah. And ain't nobody going to contest that. You understand what I'm saying? But if I was to tell you some, and I know who they were, just on the premise that, oh, he's young, he's inexperienced. Oh, he's not from Philly. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you got to be kidding me. This is what you're dealing with. And here you are, just this student and all, just trying to teach Islam and, you know, just mad green around the ears. And then when you see the politics from the inside, you're like, Man, I don't want no parts of this stuff. Man. This is even, ridiculous. Even you know, a handsome brother and all the, fe- the a lot of the females they want to listen to you. You know what I mean? Even that I've, I've heard. But that's that's that's, that's 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 restricted to Philly. That, I don't think that that has that type of impact. Anywhere else, um, Philadelphia is an oh, anomaly man. when it comes well, to that. I, 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 I don't yeah, think that I, has that type I, of I, impact. I, but, but, but 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 I mean, real talk though, man. Don't don't act silly. Uh, and I always tell you that. Don't act silly. You know it has ramifications that reach outside of yeah, yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's not just the people in Philadelphia. Who Even in Atlanta. Exactly. Even in Atlanta. Exactly. The doors, you know, will slow, slowly start so closing, closing because you got mm-hmm. people behind the scenes like, exactly. nah, we don't want you here. We'll, exactly. Like, this stuff is sick, exactly. man. Exactly. And and the only reason why I mean not the only reason but one of the reasons why I'm trying to follow this course to get to that point is so that other students of knowledge who decide to make that transition to move out that just just one track mind selfie you know it has to be done this way I have to preach to these group of people and that's it when they decide because eventually they will mm-hmm. they will mature they will evolve just mm-hmm. like I did. And they will get tired of addressing the same redundant issues over and over again. You understand? And decide to branch out into, you know, broaden their, you know, horizons with, you know, integrating into the. I mean, because there's, 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 there are brothers that's coming back who's who's graduated, 
and they're getting masters and other masters other than Salafi masters now. Mm -hmm. They're getting jobs there. You know, mm -hmm. they, they come back being imams and, and you know, taking on, you know, because they're, they're knowledgeable, they're young, but they're knowledgeable, they, they're able to be, you know, I mean, they got to get their feet wet somewhere. And they're just not at, you know, some, some, some I don't want to say no hole in the wall, but they're not just at a Salafi master. They're actually branching out. They're beginning to branch out mm -hmm. and give the dawah, yeah, you know. That's where it's at, because coming back to a master is so limiting in and of itself. Because if you go to the Arab country, I mean, it's like, it's like they say, you know, a man got five sons, you know, four of them are going to become business people. The one who's retarded, you send them to the school to become an imam and keep them cooked up in the master. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's like a thing in the Middle East, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So for our brothers, and this is why groups like this is important, man, because of support. And we have brothers who have knowledge, man, who are able to really impact the community. And we got to rally behind these brothers, man. We got to give them our support. I know, we got a young brother who was talking to one of the sheikhs, and he was complaining, like, yeah, man, yeah, last year they won't let us come in there. We want to do programs. And the sheikh asked him, he said, man, listen, you go outside. Does the grass grow through concrete? Brother, step back, man. He said, does the grass grow through concrete? He said, yeah. He said, man, so you gotta go out and create a program that's so dynamic that eventually you, you have a great impact on the people, but the masters will be begging you to bring the program into the masters. So I think it's stuff like this, man, that is far more impactful. You got young groups of people, like us right here, man. It's like, you know, we gotta support these people. Well, and, and that's the reason why, even with, you know, this marriage method, me, this MTF that we, we didn't take this to a master. We haven't, we haven't went inside a master yet. Period. Period. And don't we, we, we haven't asked the master to bring it. We haven't done any of this, right? Because we have to be in a position to understand and let the master do what it do. If this is the house of worship. Full uh, I'm not going to take away from that. But, okay, what can we do to help the community and help our people get these marriages right? You know, we have a sister, sisters who want to understand why polygyny is what it is. You know what I mean? If I bring it back to that, why is it is, or why am I so? And what the question really is, why am I so afraid of this? You know what I mean? But I think that's, that's part of what that's a part of what you asked because they have a sort of a European Western that's understanding of monogamy and love. And, Excuse me. Uh, it's like right. so, so strong. Yeah.